Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. Know thyself, the sages tell us. After all, the man who is a mystery to himself will find everyone else in the world equally mysterious. Most of us know a great deal about ourselves. We know our names, our nationality, we know who our family is, we know our religion. But while all these things may tell us who we are, they cannot enlighten us as to what we are. Sir. Yes? What is it? Have I your permission to sit here? My permission? Have I? This is a public park, and the bench belongs to the city. You don't need my permission. Without your permission, no one may do anything. Are you feeling all right? Oh, you are the master. What are you trying to pull here? Speak. You have only to command. Our mystery drama, Bloodline, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars John Lithgow. say blood will tell. They say the apple will not fall far from the tree. Therefore, according to what they say, it would appear that we are blessed or cursed, as the case might be, to follow in the footsteps of our fathers. But is the proposition true? I'm not sure. You can't really answer that type of question, but it's always good for a story. Our story begins in jail. Well, Lewis, I can't afford a lawyer, Kevin. You're entitled to a lawyer. It's the law. I can't afford a lawyer like you. Don't worry about the bill. The court will assign me somebody. I can't forget everything you've done for me, Lou. All that was long ago, in another life. I think I'm going to sit in jail for a long time. All you did was embezzle some money. It was close to two million dollars. We can arrange for restitution. It's gone, Kevin. Gone? Two million? How how can two million be gone? It went. Where? Louis, you you, you did have a lot of money of your own. I went through it all. Why, no, for a fact, when your mother died, she left you a large amount. I went through that, too. How? Did you ever hear of the stock market? Everybody had you pegged as one of the smartest young guys on the street. What happened? Did you ever hear of the pitcher that went to the well too often? What's wrong, Lou? You know what's wrong. I stole two million dollars from my employer. That's a symptom. It isn't a cause. (laughs) Very well put. Quit fencing with me, Lou. Tell me the truth. Why don't you let me alone, Kevin? Two million! 
I think it began when your mother died. Yeah, yes, yes, right after your mother died. Am I right, now, Lou? I don't want to talk about it. Am I right, Lou? Look, I know that losing her was a shock. I said I don't want to talk about it. But there was more to it. Tell me, Lou. Come on. You can tell How me. How many times do I have to tell you I don't want to talk? <sighs> that day, that morning, I... We were playing golf at the club. J.R., my boss, and myself, and that new client of mine. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Jim, uh, Honeyman? Jim, Jim Silman. Oh, yeah, yeah. He thought you were the sly fox of Wall Street. You were the reason his account was coming to J.R. Witherspoon. He, he wanted you to supervise it personally. It should have been the greatest day of my life. <laughs> my game was working that day, too. I was walking toward the fifth green with J.R., what a morning. What a glorious morning. Oh, great shot, Lewis. I think you've left yourself a four-foot putt there. <laughs> you want me to blow it? Whatever for. <laughs> well, Jim Silman might feel better. He and his partner are still trying to get out of the rough. <laughs> Should we be beating them so badly? Absolutely. This one is strictly on merit. You got the account because Silman is convinced you have the smartest head in the business. And so do I. Thank you, J.R. No, I'm going to thank you in a very practical way. Hey, but we'll talk it over at lunch in a day or two. Mr. Lewis Alcott. What? Mr. Lewis Alcott. Hey, is that for me? Mr. Lewis Alcott. Oh, it has to be something serious for them to page you on the course. Mr. Alcott, please pick up the nearest telephone. Oh, my mother. She's in the hospital. Uh, now, Lewis, be calm. The phone. Where's the phone? In the shack at the ninth tee. It was my mother. She had suddenly, and for no apparent reason, taken a turn for the worse. When I arrived at the hospital, I was nervous and scared. She wasn't in her room. Was I too late? Nurse! Yes, sir. Mrs. Alcott. Where's Mrs. Alcott? She's been transferred to 812. Just over to your left. Thank you. Thank you. Mother. Oh, Lewis. Don't talk, Mother. I must. Save your strength. For what? I'm dying. Oh, now, don't say that. I can face it. And so must you. I... This has been torturing me for so many years. Yes, Mother? For so many years. But you have a right to know. Please, Mother. You mustn't excite yourself. Everyone. Everyone has a right to know. Everyone has a right to know what, Mother? What? What am I trying to tell you? Oh, everyone has a right to know who they are. I know who I am, Mother. No. No? You, you don't know who you are. What are you trying to tell me? We should have told you years ago, but, but your father, he was afraid you would leave us and try to find your real parents. What are you saying, Mother? I said to him... We are your real parents in everything but but blood. And that shouldn't matter, should it? Tell me, Lewis, haven't we been your real parents? Edmund Alcott and I. Could any other parents have loved you more than we did? Could they? You're, you're telling me now that I'm... That, that I'm... I wanted to tell you from the beginning... Is it right to tell you now? Is it? But if I don't, you'll never know. And you should, because... Because you have that right. Lewis, 
Please, promise you'll never tell your father. Promise. It will be our secret, yours and mine. Yours and mine. Yours and mine. You. Yes, Kevin. That's what she told me. On her deathbed. You never knew. What a time. What a place. What a way that was to find out. Is it really true? It's what she told me. Well, she said, don't tell your father, but your father had already died three years before. Well, at that point, she wasn't thinking too clearly. Hmm. And so she could have been wrong. About what? Well, about your being adopted. Well, she would know better than anyone. Hmm. Well, it must have been a shock. But you were always a pretty tough character. You could face up to it. Yes, I could have. It's just that I had come to believe that being Edmund Alcott's son had endowed me with a certain mystique. But you were his son. Well, didn't your mother say in, in everything but blood? Yes, but in this particular situation, it was the blood that meant everything. But why? Why? <laughs> Old J.R. laid it out for me in no uncertain terms. Do you remember when he made me a partner in the firm? Yes, it was just a, a few weeks after you lost your mother. I'll never forget that day. Never. They were having lunch in the partner's dining room. I believe that'll be all, Pierre. Uh, unless, uh, Lewis... Oh, no, no. I'm fine. Fine. Thank you. Yeah. Well, now. Congratulations, Lewis. Thank you again, J.R. <laughs> Do you know why I made you a partner? Because I'm a bright young man. No, oh, the street's full of bright young men. You've got something in addition. You know what it is? Breeding. Breeding? Your father was one of the smartest men on the street. Your grandfather predicted the disaster in 1929. Your great-grandfather slugged it out with the big fellas back at the turn of the century. Oh, but you know all that. Oh, I do, sir. This market savvy, this sixth sense of when to buy and sell, I believe it's something that's bred into the Alcott's. It must be in the blood, right? Well, I... Oh, I... don't be so modest. I wish I had something like that to brag about. <laughs> that's uh, why we made you a partner. Oh, you've got that indefinable something. I guess you just have to be born with it. Kevin, I can't tell you what an upsetting lunch that was. Lou, I know what you're going to say. I was taking it too seriously. That's right. You'd done a tremendous job for J.R. up to that time, hadn't you? Well, I admit it. Yes. So what was all that mystic nonsense about blood? It wasn't nonsense. I thought I had that blood. But you didn't. So, how do you account for your success up to that point? It didn't matter, because just so long as I didn't know, so long as I believed... Ah, I think I understand. If you think a thing is true, that's good enough. But now, I was scared. Why? I thought I had something special in my, in my genes. But then the rug was pulled out from under me. Lou... I never in my life met a more practical, down-to-earth man. Now, look out for us practical, down-to-earth fellows. When we crack, we split wide open. I was so scared, I lost control. My, my judgment went completely. I, I made several foolish moves. But there was nothing mystical about what you'd been doing, Lou. It was based on sound evaluation. No. 
It was as if I had broken down completely. No control. I did things that were incredibly dumb that I, I didn't want anyone to know. I would cover up the loss of money with my own private funds. You, you did? Yeah. There were several episodes like that. Before I knew it, I, I was practically broke. All I had was my salary, and, and that wasn't an awful lot because I was supposed to really make it in commissions and bonuses. I became afraid to buy and sell. And J.R. noticed it. And you know what he thought? <laughs> he actually thought I was doing the right thing. Uh, I notice, Lewis, that uh, you haven't been generating very much activity among your clients. Uh, that's true. Uh, You're advising them to stay more or less liquid, aren't you? Uh, yes, I feel... Well, uh, I have to respect that, Lewis. The fact is, we really don't know where this market's going. <laughs> it takes a lot of character to sit still at a time like this, though. It's just that... I remember your father. He would sit there just waiting... Waiting. <laughs> You'd think he'd fallen fast asleep and was out of it. And then suddenly he would strike without warning, like a cobra, at some beautiful special situation. Well, uh, just let me know when you're ready to spring, Lewis. Yes, J.R. What are you telling me, Lou? You're saying you fell into a period of, uh, call it, uh, self-doubt. Well, it happens to a great many people. Suddenly, you begin to think you've lost your touch. I didn't think. I knew. Well, you should have gone to a psychiatrist. I did. But the fact is, nothing changed. Then, one day, I didn't know what was going to happen to me. I couldn't think of anything to do. I just wandered off into the park. I sat there. A man walked past. He was tall, well-built, neatly dressed, but not like an American. I noticed him walk past me, and he stopped. He stared at me, and then he walked over to my bench. Uh, have I your permission to be seated? <laughs> it's a public park. The city owns the bench. Oh, speak, Taxima. Who? What did you call me? Taxima. Uh, you must have me confused with someone else. Oh, no. That's not my name. Of course it is not. It is your title. You are the Taxima. Uh, well, uh, sure. Uh, uh, please, excuse me. No, no, no. We have looked for you for so long. You cannot leave us now. I'm afraid I have to. No, no, you will stay. You will remain here. What for? What for? Because you are the taxi man. Whatever that is. And so, here is our friend, seated on a park bench on a lovely day, absorbed by his own problems, when suddenly he is told by a complete stranger that he is a taxi man. Does he think he has troubles now? Though life may be long, the philosopher tells us, changes can be sudden. Without warning, we hear a single word and the world becomes a different place. <laughs> 
it can never be the same again. The familiar landmarks disappear, and what we thought was solid rock is only soft and yielding clay. Uh, look, look here, sir. Just what is this thing supposed to be? Well, uh, my name is Ruick, Joseph Ruick. Oh, it is most remarkable. I saw you sitting on this bench. Suddenly, a voice within me spoke. It is the taximar. What's your racket? Uh, racket? Well, this is a hustle of some kind, isn't it? A, a trick. A trick? Uh, a, a trick with what objective? You would know that better than I would. Taximar, will you return? Return where? To the homeland. Homeland? For your information, sir, this is my homeland. Is it? How do you know? <laughs> how do I know? And how do you know that you are not the Taximar? Sir, there is absolutely no way I could be whatever it is you're calling me. Why do you say that you claim you are not the Taximar? Very well, then. Who are you? Whatever this is, it isn't going to work. You're wasting your time. You're wasting my time. Good day. Uh, wait. For what? Before you go, ask yourself, who am I? And soon the answer shall be revealed. It will be made clear to you that you are the Taxamar. He would meet me on that bench every day. Why did you go there? Well, it didn't matter. Wherever I went, he'd be lying in ambush. So I figured I, I might just as well go to the park. Well, why didn't you turn the thing over to the police? I was about to. What stopped you? I began to wonder. I didn't begin. I'd been wondering since the day she died. Who was I? Oh. I can't tell you what it means not to know who you are. I suppose if it's something that's been going on for a while, you manage to adjust to it somehow. But it was all very new to me. Very disturbing. I was used to seeing him every day and going through that Taximar nonsense. And one day, he wasn't there. I figured he realized that he couldn't promote me for this racket of his, whatever it was, and had gone off in search of greener pastures. And a girl sat down on the bench. She was slender, very pretty, dark hair and black eyes. Taximar, my name is Rujika. Now, what's this? My father, Joseph, Joseph Ruick is ill. Oh, nothing serious, I hope. No, it is the illness of the heart. You mean he has a, a heart condition? It is the pain of the heart. When the body is far from the homeland, from the warmer sun, the softer rains, the sweeter soil of the homeland. Well, I hope he gets over it. No, but until we are able to return... Wait. In any event, he sent you here to work on me. Have you no desire, Taximar, to return with us? It is your homeland also. And where is this homeland supposed to be? In the great forests of Marmor. Marmor? That's a little two-by-four country somewhere in Europe, in the Balkans. It is our homeland, and you are the Taximar. You keep telling me I'm that, but, but what is a Taximar? He is the first chieftain of all the elders of the clans. Now, what does he do, this uh, chieftain of the elders? He 
is the oracle. <laughs> the what? Everyone comes to him to ask, to learn. When should crops be planted? Should this one sell his property? Is that one making a wise marriage? And he tells them what to do? Oh, yes. And they listen to him? Of course. But why? He is the taximar. Uh, how did he get to be the taximar? Oh, it is in the blood. What? Yes. The son succeeds the father. Uh, how did I get to be the taximar? Are you not the son of your father? Yeah, if I only knew who he was. But he was the taximar. Why do you insist that I'm his son? One need only to look at you. No, all right. For the sake of argument, I am the son of the taximar in Marnor, somewhere deep in the Balkans, okay? Yes. So, why am I still not there? How did I wind up here? Just a few days after you were born, you were stolen from the cradle. Oh? But, by whom? By whom? Marmo was filled with gypsies and other wandering peoples. Taximar, is something wrong? I, uh, excuse me. Are you ill? No, I, I have to leave. I have to see somebody. Excuse me, I, I'm not being rude, but... Please, excuse me. I remembered Kevin. Well, I always knew, but I never thought anything of it. That I wasn't born in the United States. You weren't? No. I was born in Greece. Greece? I didn't know that. Mother and Dad were on a trip. Mother was supposed to be pregnant. They, they cooked up a story about her having given birth prematurely. Oh. So they took me to the American embassy in Athens to register me. Marnor borders on Greece. Now I know exactly what happened. Exactly. The Allcuts wanted a child, but they wanted everyone to think it was their own. Somebody must have said they could get a baby more easily in that part of the world. So Mother told people she was pregnant, and they traveled to Greece. But you don't know that for a fact. Oh, but I do. I checked it out with Dr. Heron, our, our family physician. He's still alive. He's still in practice. I called at his office. How are you, Louis? Uh, you look a bit uh, peaked. Are you doing enough healthy things? Dr. Heron, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, go right ahead. Was my mother pregnant when she left on that trip to Greece with my father? Oh, why do you ask? Just curious. Well, she must have been pregnant. After all, as soon as she arrived overseas, she gave birth to you, didn't she? Did she? You're here, aren't you? That uh, proves it. You haven't answered my question, Doctor. I can't imagine why you'd be asking it. What's the point, Louis? Well, maybe I'll have better luck with this question. My mother was in her 30s, late 30s, when I was born. Yeah. I believe she was. And she'd been trying to have a baby for a while. Oh, yes. For how long a while, would you say, Doctor? For a great many years, as I recall. With no luck. With no luck at all. And then suddenly, when she's almost 40, she goes abroad and has a baby. Uh, you know how it is sometimes, Louis. A change of scene can work miracles. She told me I was adopted, Doctor. Oh? Uh, did she... Louis, does it really make that much difference? It sure does. In this case, it surely does. It makes all the difference in the world. Good evening, 
Good day to you, Saksimar. Please sit down, Rosita. Oh, yes. Now, this is crazy. It has to be crazy, but... But what? For the sake of argument, I'm going to quit fighting you. Just tell me about this whole business. Well, there was a legend. Now we start with that, huh? A legend that the only son of a Taksimar would be stolen from us. Yes? He would be taken to a strange land far across the seas. And the ruling Taksimar would die. Now, for many years, the people would have no oracle. And things would not go well for the people. They have not gone well. I'm sorry to hear that. The legend says further that the people would look for him everywhere. And one day, one of them would find him. Find him? How? He would see the Taksimar and know him. Just like that? And it came true. My father saw you and knew you. I see you now and I know you. Go ahead. The Taksimar would not know who he was, but he would have become rich and powerful. And when it was revealed to him, he would return to the homeland. He would return with the fortune he had made. And it would help the people. Fortune? What is so little here is so much there. And so the legend says it was meant to be. That the young Taksimar was stolen from his cradle and taken from us. For he would return to save us. That's the legend, huh? Oh, yes. Uh, I still can't clear that very first hurdle. How do you know it's me? Oh, one knows these things. Well, it would be great if we had some evidence. But we do have evidence. The best evidence that can exist. The evidence of the heart and the soul. How, how does that work? Oh, through our feelings. I feel that you are the Taksimar. I feel I know you, that I have always known you. Why do you feel that? Because my heart tells me. We come around to that again. What does your heart tell you? Truthfully, not a thing. Oh, look at me, Taksimar. That's not too hard to do. Look at me. I'm looking. Have you seen my face before? Heard my voice before? Have you? Have I? Oh, try to remember. How can I remember what I never... It is in the blood. The blood? The blood. The blood is everything. You remember through the blood... You were born in marmor. You breathed the air of marmor. It has stayed with you. It will remain with you forever. Marmor? The tiny baby in the cradle. The son of the Taksimar. And there was another baby in another cradle. What? Yes. She was brought there for the ceremony. What ceremony? The betrothal. The betrothal? She was the daughter of the first minister of marmor, Joseph Ruick. Joseph Ruick? The one who... Joseph Ruick is my father. You and I were born on the same day. It was an omen. You're saying we were engaged? No. Betrothed. Engagements are games that men and women play. Betrothals are vows taken before the Lord. I see. I am no longer very young. Just as you are no longer very young. But I could never marry anyone else... Just as you could never marry anyone else. Well, no, no, just a minute. Why have you never married? You're attractive, you're wealthy, you're a man who many women desire. Why have you never married? 
The truth is, I never met a girl who... who I could. Oh, the truth is, you never married because you are the Taximar. It is in your blood to marry the daughter of the first minister. And you shall. <laughs> Is that a proposal? There seems to be a ring of inevitability that's being drawn closer, ever closer around our leading man. But, after all, how does he know? How can he be certain? To be perfectly fair, can any of us be absolutely certain of anything? by little, the design of our lives slowly emerges. We see a piece here and a portion there. But it is not given to us to see it in its entirety. We try to guess the meaning of a color, a line. Perhaps a shape is suggested, or a figure is almost completed. But we only see enough to tantalize us. Will we ever arrive at the real meaning Perhaps there is no real meaning. Is it all substance without shadow? Can we afford to believe that? And now I will ask you again. Have you ever heard my voice before? Seen my face? Yes. Yes, I have. Your face. Your voice. I, I do know then. Then you will return. You will fulfill the promise of the blood. You will, Taximar. Say nothing now. It has all been too much in too short a time. Just think, Taximar. Think. I did think about it, Kevin. And? I knew that I was in love with her. You see, I fell in love with her because... People fall in love. It can't be explained. But there was a reason. It was in the blood. I can imagine what this is going to sound like. But, but I never thought of marrying another girl. And the reason... It, it was destined for me to marry Rojika. Okay, if that's how you want it. No, Kevin, believe me. I knew I had seen her face, heard her voice before. Yeah, you explained. You were both a couple of days old in the cradle. No, no. Her face as it is now. Her voice as it is now. What you're saying is you'd seen her before. Not in that sense. In what sense do you mean? There was no place where I could have seen her before. She had spent her entire life in Marnor and had just come here a week or so earlier. Where could I have seen her before? <sighs> well, be that as it may, we now have a more pressing problem. We have to prepare your defense. Now, what happened to the money? The money? Two million dollars. I... You have to go along with this. I firmly believed by this time that I was the Taximar. The legend said I would be rich. And you were. No, I wasn't. But I couldn't say that to Joseph and Rojika. Why not? There are certain things you just don't like to admit at first. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I knew I would have to face up to it. Taximar, you know that I am speaking the truth. You understand 
in your heart that you are the taxi man. If only... Yes? Yes, if only... Consider, you told me a legend. Yes. The infant child of the taximar would be stolen from his crib. He would be taken far across the seas. And one day he would be found again. If that is the legend. There's more. He would return to save his people. True. And he would be able to do it because he was a rich man. He would bring back his fortune. Of course. That's the part of the legend that wasn't working out. I'm not a rich man. I believe the legend, all of it. No, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. I I don't have any money. It doesn't matter. How could you say that? It doesn't matter. Because the legend must speak the truth. He will return to Marnor with a fortune. You are very sad, my loved one. I don't know what to think. I'm a civilized, rational person. And here I'm getting involved in all this stuff about blood. Oh, civilized, rational people also have blood, do they not? Yes, but... Listen to the Council of the Elders of Marmor. Blood speaks to every member of the human race. There are those who listen and those who do not. Please, Rajita. What is this blood that flows through the veins... Is it not the accumulated wisdom of humanity? In you, there is the blood of all who came here before you. Rosita. Return. Become the Taximar. Fulfill the prophecy. I can't. Why not? Because I have no fortune. You will have a fortune. Will I? There's no way I can ever hope to make any money. Whatever I had is gone. I don't have the touch anymore. You will have a fortune. You don't know what I'm saying. I only know the prophecy. I'll never make another dollar in the market. Beloved, let the anger be gone from your voice. Let there be peace in your heart. And let love return. Sit with me. Sit quietly. And we shall dream of love and Marno. Pour you some more coffee, my boy. Thank you, J.R. Lewis, I'm uh, getting a bit of flack from the board about you. Fellas want to know what has the uh, sharp fox of Wall Street been doing. The answer is you haven't been doing anything. That's true, isn't it? Uh, Yes, sir, in many ways. Quite frankly, it isn't just the board. The customers, too. Old Jim Silverman said to me just the other day at the club he didn't bring his account in here so that we could sit on his money. Might just as well hide it under his mattress at home. Lewis, what's been going on? It's just that I don't see too many opportunities at the moment. Oh, come on, Lewis. Digital advances shot up 15 points in the last two weeks. Delphic Consolidated doubled. Now, these were the situations you used to get us into. What is it, Lewis? Have you lost your touch? Was I wrong about you? They are. I, I'm trying. Well, you have to try harder. And better. Otherwise, I'll have to conclude that I made a mistake. Kevin, I was terrified. I knew I'd be fired. But you had a great education. You were knowledgeable, experienced. All that couldn't just disappear. It did. And what did I have left? Marnor. Marnor? I believed in it, Kevin. Marnor. 
and I would become the taxi mar. And so, that very day, I met with Rojika. A most beautiful day, beloved. A day to remember. Because today, all doubt is gone. I believe in the prophecy. Oh, we must leave at once. Tonight. Yes, there's a plane for Athens every night. And from there, we can drive to the border and cross into Marno. Father and I will meet you at the airport at, at 8 o'clock. We will have the tickets. Rosica. Yes, beloved. I will return without a fortune. You will return with a fortune. I believe in the prophecy. And then suddenly I believed in it too. That's when you went back to the office and you stole $2 million worth of negotiable bonds. I didn't think I was stealing. Any way you want to put it, as Taximar, I sincerely thought I could make improvements and earn enough to pay back J.R. and company. Well, weren't you afraid they'd come after you? How would they know where to look for me? Besides, I checked it out. The U.S. has no extradition treaty with Marnor. And then... Yes? Then it happened. So quickly. Before I knew, it was all over. I went to the airport. I met Rojika and Joseph. Here we are, beloved. Here. Welcome, Daxemar. This is Marnor's night of destiny. This is the night the prophecy shall be fulfilled. All of it. All of it? Yes, all of it. In this briefcase, I have the fortune. I knew. My beloved, there seems to be a problem. What sort of problem? With the tickets. Neither Joseph nor I could speak with the person. Could you adjust the situation? Of course. Just wait right here. Do I have to tell you the rest of it? No. The people at the ticket counter knew nothing of any such reservations. I went back to where I had left Ruzika and Joseph, and... And they were gone. With the briefcase... And with the securities. Mm. Well, at least I've got your defense. You were vulnerable because of the disclosures made to you by your supposed real mother. Well, I don't think we should make that public. It's your only defense. You were victimized. Lou, there won't be a dry eye on that jury. And so, ladies and gentlemen... I cannot ask you to close your eyes to what this man has done. I can only ask you to try to understand him, to try to explore in your own minds the trauma that he has suffered. And to remember that he is a human being, subject to the weaknesses and the vulnerabilities that can be the undoing of every member of the human race. Given the time, the place, and the circumstances. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, seven to twelve years isn't really bad at all. I know. It could have been much worse. With time off or good behavior, you can be out in three years. And you're still young. You did a sensational job. Mm. I was afraid of one thing, the uh, loose end in the defense. Oh, sure, you were victimized by a couple of confidence operators. But how did they know about your parental situation? Wait. I see it now. When I told Rojika 
or whoever she is, that I'd seen her face and heard her voice before. It was true. Yes, you see, when I arrived at the hospital that last day, before my mother died, there was a nurse, a dark-haired nurse. She told me, Mrs. Alcott is now in room 812. And you're saying she could have somehow overheard the conversation and decided on the hustle? Absolutely. I'm convinced of it. There's no other explanation. Hmm? There could be. We could say that there was no hustle. We could say that Rojika and Joseph Ruick never existed. Kevin. We could even go back farther and say your mother never told you that you were adopted. All we have is your word for it. But what? purpose would I have to... Let us suppose that you had suddenly gone sour, lost your ability, your flair, whatever it happens to people. This could be a way to uh, steal two million dollars at the cost of just a couple of years of your life in jail. Well, is it true? What are you talking about, Kevin? Is it true? What do you want me to tell you? Nothing. Let's just uh, leave it where it is. Shall we? And why not? Either way, he goes to jail. If we were to know the truth, we would lose a most delightful opportunity to speculate. You can make out a good case for either conclusion. Of course, if we could wait the several years till he's released from prison, we might follow him closely and see where he leads us. And if all of us are around at that time, we may just decide to do it. I'll be back shortly. that circulates through our system and carries the necessary items of life. It can also mean passion, heritage, temperament, relationship. It is not only the basic stuff of the body, it is also the essence of the soul. Blood. It is shadow and it is substance. And it carries within itself the true meaning of humanity. Our cast included John Lithgow, Russell Horton, Ray Owens, and Bryna Rayburn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.